Anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode number 285 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live from the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don? Yeah, he's Ron. I'm Don. Don't forget uh, our thanks to Les Schwab. Summer driving season is here. Stop by Les Schwab Tire Center to throw your rig up on a rack. Look at it for free. Make sure that you're ready to hit the road uh, this summer. Coming up on episode 285. We are going to talk about the fact that home prices are going up. But if you look at the front page of the Seattle Times, it says there is some hope. That's right. Some hope out there for buyers. And you know we're licensed brokers at Windermere. And so we have a lot to say about that. Also, I want to check in with you, see how you're doing with your time blocking. We talked last week about our fitness coming out of COVID, a few extra pounds. And I'm going to share a little more of my story. We're going to hear from Ron because I know uh, he's been doing some stuff this week. And in fact, uh, I did a little time blocking today and uh, did a little workout right before uh, this broadcast. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. This is kind of interesting. If you haven't been driving around the city of Seattle for quite some time, uh, I've been driving around this whole year just because we are listing homes everywhere. Uh, The Ron and Don Nation, we have found out, is a real thing. They are loyal. You guys are loyal. You love us. And we love you. Uh, sometimes the challenge is you live in far off places, right? In fact, uh, we shared with you, we sold homes in Everett, getting ready to sell another home in Everett. Uh, we have sold homes in Port Orchard and all the way down South in Pierce County, Thurston County, Island County, King County, Pierce County. You guys are everywhere. As a result of that, I get to drive everywhere. And the interesting thing is, especially I was on the East side yesterday. What I, what I see and what I feel on the East side is completely different than what I see and feel when I come back into the city of Seattle. What don't we see on the east side if you haven't been there lately? And believe it or not, even though the east side is just, you know, a, a really, it, it's literally a hop, skip, and a jump, as my mom used to like to say, just over Lake Washington. A lot of us don't go over there for months and sometimes for years. And for whatever reason, sometimes people feel like they're an east side person or you're a Seattle person. I'm both. And I think Ron is too. We lived on the east side for 10 years. We lived in the Seattle city of Seattle now, I think going on 17 years. So I love them both. And I love getting on my bike and jumping on here on Queen Anne and jumping on the Burt Gilman Trail and going north up toward Woodenville and then coming down either toward uh, 520. I'll typically come through Kirkland, maybe down to Bellevue, all the way down to I-90 and come across, or I might come across the uh, the 520 lid right there. And then back into Seattle, which is really a cool bike ride, you guys. I tell you the thing that's not cool, and, and, and I don't want to sit there and harp on this, but the amount of RVs, the amount of tents, the amount of these dirty encampments are mind-boggling. They are just mind-boggling. And I know before COVID happened, the city counted, and they said, we think we have 414 of these camps. There are thousands. There are thousands of camps everywhere. And along with these camps, we know come mental illness, we know comes drug addiction. And when you're addicted to drugs, man, and especially if you're addicted to heroin, you need a hit. Your body needs a hit three times a day. That hit 
each hit is 20 to 30 bucks. So it's about a hundred bucks that you need each and every day. And where are you going to get a hundred bucks by breaking your garage, your shed, your car, uh, I see broken windows now everywhere in the light of day. I was dry, dropping my son off uh, the other day at a relative's house, and someone had just gone down five different cars and just broke windows and was pulling stuff out in the light of day. It's just, it's unbelievable. You can call the police. You know the police aren't coming. There's a shortage now. You turn on the radio, you listen to podcasts, and I heard Marysville Police Department the other day. They're advertising for cops. Kirkland, advertising for cops. Pierce County. Advertising for cops. Seattle, advertising for cops. So now, what the city of Seattle, what the city of Seattle council has decided to do, the way that they're going to deal with this, and they haven't told us how they're going to spend the money yet, but we know what's cracking with the Kraken. Yeah, the Kraken. They're going to start playing some hockey here. Uh, People are hoping the Sonics come back. Uh, We think that down here in Queen Anne, on the Queen Anne Slope, uh, not only are you going to have the crack in there, but you're going to have Kenny Chesney there, right? Faith Hill's going to come to town. She's going to be singing. Metallica is going to do all that. St- all that stuff that was being performed either down south or either down in Tacoma, that is coming back to the city of Seattle. So along with that, we know there's going to be a lot of traffic. This is what the city of Seattle has decided. If you're going to go to a Seahawk game, for instance, a Seahawk game, 75% of the people that go to a Seahawk game come from out of Seattle. 60% of them come from the east side. What they'd like you to do is get on a train, light rail, and buses. And this is what they're saying for the McCracken. What they want you to do is they'd like you to take light rail uh, to Westlake Center. Once you get to Westlake Center, they want you to everybody to get on the monorail. So everybody is supposed to get on the monorail and then you're supposed to ride the ride the monorail and go either to see Kenny Chesney or uh, go see uh, the McCracken play. Here's what's interesting to me. If you don't do that and you want to park your car, what they are going to do after hours in the city of Seattle, and this is after letting all the RVs and, and all the homeless folks park wherever the hell they want to for as long as they want to. Uh, some of them have been parked now for months. I have an RV that's parked at the bottom of my hill. It's it's a holiday rambler that hasn't rambled in quite some time. I'll tell you that. It's been parked down there for over a year. For over a year, this broken down holiday rambler, it doesn't run. It's been parked for over a year. And those guys get out of that rambler. They come up into this neighborhood. They put their backpacks on and their sweatshirts uh, and they just start door checking. They just start door checking, and those guys walk into our neighborhood, and my truck's been broken into four times. Three times by those guys living down uh, there in the Holiday Rambler. All that to say this, if you are a taxpaying citizen, if you love sports in the city of Seattle and you want to come support your team and you're not willing to get on light rail or that accordion bus or you're not willing to ride the monorail, it's going to be 12 dollars an hour after hours and then it's going to go up from there after three hours so it could go from 12 to 20 dollars an hour the city of seattle is now saying hey we need that money uh we haven't had parking revenue now for over a year and somehow we have to pay to defund the police and we also have to pay to somehow deal with the homeless crisis here. Ron, I don't mind paying more money, but I don't see a plan. And everybody that is lining up to be a mayor now, that's the problem in the city of Seattle. Because everybody is saying the same damn thing. Uh, and even where Air- Mayor Ed Murray ran, uh, the seven people that ran against him all basically had the same passive 
progressive policies. What say you about sticking it to sports fans, music fans, and saying, hey, you don't want to get on that accordion bus? You don't want to wait in line with the light rail? You don't want to ride the monorail from 1968 that Elvis used to ride back in the day when uh, we had the World's Fair here? Uh, You're going to pay for it. How about that? Uh, I get the logic. I I don't agree with the logic, but I I get where they're coming from. Um, You're right. When you go over to the east side, the, the traffic is back. Uh, you see the pedestrian traffic back. Uh, you do not see the, the volume of tents. I was just over in Kirkland a while ago having dinner with a friend, and it was lovely to walk down uh, downtown Kirkland and sort of go to the waterfront and not awesome. feel like you're going to see uh, you know, some dude come half naked out of his, his tent uh, right there. So I, I feel your pain on that. Um, listen. We had the chance as a community 50 years ago to start building a, a, a train system in, in this area, in the Puget Sound, and we chose not to. And so we voted that down, and the logic being, who wants to move up here? Uh, nobody wants to live in the Pacific Northwest. Last person to leave, turn out the lights, all of that fanfare that happened. And so th- those people were wrong. People did want to move here, and now it's the fastest-growing major city in America year over year, uh, in the top two or three for the past decade. So the push for public transit is not a negative. Uh, You know, I will ride a bus. I I will take a train. Uh, I've gone to the airport via train. I I get all that. Um, And you're basically the John Candy of public transit, right? right. Trains, planes, and automobiles. You'll do it. Yeah. Uh, So I I mean, I get it. They're trying to set some incentives to make it more appealing to take mass transit, and for many people. It's a viable option. Like if you're a Seahawk fan and you live in Issaquah, you, there's a giant parking ride right there. It's it's relatively e- I've done it. It's relatively easy to show up, get on a bus, and they drop you off at the football stadium. So it's not as convenient to get back. Uh, you know, you got to block out a little more time than you would have. But it, it's not impossible uh, when this train goes in uh, to, to Northgate. It's going to be relatively easy. There's a giant parking lot there to park there, hop on the train, be downtown. Uh, you and I have taken, I don't know if you were with me, took a, the train to a UW football game. That was pretty painless. You know, I, I found a parking lot along the line. Uh, me and, and three Oregon fans, unfortunately, went to the Oregon <laughs> game. And then Oregon proceeded to beat the Huskies. So that yeah. I was the butt of all the jokes all day. But it was relatively painless. So I get what they're doing. The infrastructure is not all the way there. Uh, but they're trying, because if you've ever tried to drive down Mercer or find a parking space down there, it's horrific. To, to just play devil's advocate for a minute, it's kind of nice. I don't know if you've walked some of these closed blocks downtown or in Ballard. Uh, you know, the main drag in Ballard is shut down to, to cars. It's kind of nice. It's kind of nice to walk over to Ballard Box. Or to go through that neighborhood and just walk in the middle of the street because it's closed on both ends. It, it, as a pedestrian and as someone uh, taking people out to dinner that were here visiting me, it was nice yeah. to not have cars go by the whole time. I actually time. think it's a good idea. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. You, you have people that own these private parking lots, and they're charging $25, $50, $100 a game, like during the Seahawk game. So I don't have a problem with the city charging more. And I don't have a problem paying for that if I decide to ride. The, the issue is this. It, 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 first and foremost, to, to get to Seattle Center, we, we all knew that when they renovated Key Arena, it was just going to be a mess when it came to traffic. The answer can't be the monorail. 
No, you're right. That cannot, the answer can't be uh, more accordion buses. There really is no answer for it. And once it starts backing up there, not only does it back up I-5, it backs up all the way into 99, it backs up all the way into all the neighborhoods, and it's just a freaking mess. So if you're going to force people onto public transit, then make sure that public transit is a viable option when you do that. Secondly, if you're going to collect more money, what's the plan with the money we're giving you? Because so far, it seems like the plan is not working. We will see you on the other side of this. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Started out right away with Don helping us look at the options. Like, here are different ways you can approach the sale of this house. I bought and sold a lot of real estate over my life. Don's listening skills were um, superior. Don came with Ron. He was incredibly well-prepared. They were just really impressive. And the things that they outlined that they were, were going to provide, their services, were it just made it easy. It was a laydown. And so we put it on the market on Saturday. There was a lot of interest. They made an offer on the on the offer date for over asking price. We did amazing. It was the best case scenario. We couldn't have done better. It couldn't have been a better experience. When we first sat down, they showed me what property was selling for in my neighborhood. They had several suggestions on you know, when we should go on the market, what we needed to do to get ready to go on the market. I couldn't be happier with the experience we had. We all celebrated. It felt like a team victory. <laughs> We were all just jumping up and down. They were passionate and they, they were just honest and straightforward and uh, no, everything's great. Uh, yeah, I definitely would recommend it. We had multiple offers, $50,000 more than the asking price. He had no contingencies, so I jumped on that one. I can't wait to do another deal with them. It was great. It was awesome. When you're ready to sit down with Ron and Don and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Hey, it's GeForce O'Neill. Thanks for listening to my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron. All right, you guys, welcome back to Ron and Don Show, episode 285. Thanks for hitting subscribe. Thanks for giving us a five-star rating, and thanks for letting people know that the Ron and Don Show is back now with over a million listens. We are live from Les Schwab Studios. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. And as you also just heard, we are brokers at Windermere. If you need us, just reach out. A lot of you have been doing that. And you know what? We still have some space available next week for some Ron and Don sit-downs, right? Yeah, you can email me directly, ron at windermere.com. Even if it's not you, the thing I love this week is we had a client of ours, Ollie, that uh, referred his friend Ollie to uh, sit down. So as long as it's an Ollie and an Ollie, like Ollie's unite. So we only meet with Ollie's. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever met an Ollie. And now we're, we're back to back. We're double Ollie's. We're back to back Ollie's. Yeah. Anyway, that's cool. Hey, uh, front page of the Seattle Times today says home prices are up. They continue uh, to go up. I don't know about you. I've been looking at my real estate. I know you've been looking at yours. It just continues to go up. So it's it's been a very, very good investment for me. And I know you too. Uh, my rentals just continue to go up. And the question is this. It also said on the front page of the Seattle Times today that there's some hope out there for people that want to step in the game and they want to buy either a rental property or uh, they're a first-time home buyer or maybe a vacation home. So uh, 
What do you see as a as a real estate broker and uh, somewhat of a, a neighborhood expert? Well, the, the thing I'd like to say every time when you read a Seattle Times story is typically the information they're giving you is at least 60 days old. So when they quote something from an index, that means that this index was compiled usually on a quarterly basis. Great point. Then that, that, that data is analyzed mm-hmm. by, by someone like the Seattle Times or an independent third party. And by the time it trickles out into the report, the guy, the real estate reporter for the Times digests it, goes out and he talks to interviews people to put in the, the story. They write the story, the editors look at the story. That information could be seven, eight weeks old by then. Yep. We are living in a market that, believe it or not, that heat wave we just had, where it was over 100 degrees for three days in one week, that affected the marketplace. You saw people not go to showings. You saw people say, oh, man, it is too hot for me to get in my car and go to that open house. There were listings that possibly, like that we know of anecdotally, that were impacted by tens of thousands of dollars because of the heat. That, that can happen for any reason. You can have a heat wave. You could have a piece of news like the Amazon head tax a while ago that will affect something, and the market can turn on a dime. What about a love wave? You could have a love wave. I don't know if that would impact it. Well, we but, had a love wave last year up on Capitol Hill. There was so much. Oh yeah, the so Capitol much, Hill. There's so much love. I'm I'm just wondering. This it was the summer of love, so I'm wondering if a love wave uh, can affect the real estate market. Yeah. So like something like the Occupy Capitol Hill thing, it can impact the market. Yeah. So and then the other thing I like to say about these like Seattle Times stories is they take usually countywide. That specific story, they broke it down by city, mm-hmm. but a, a city is a big space. So in other words, uh, we could take uh, what the region we're sitting in right now, which is Queen Anne, Fremont, Ballard, and Magnolia. Mm-hmm. Well, I could find you a condo uh, in that area that I just described for probably under 300 grand. It wouldn't be a great condo, but I could find you a condo for 300 grand. I could also find you a single family home for five to six million dollars, if not more, maybe nine million dollars uh, in that same area. There's a, there's a house I'm building on Magnolia right now. My neighbor uh, just sold a house, 5,600 square feet for seven million dollars. So. so when you take all that information and you aggregate it into a headline, um, I don't think it's very meaningful to the individual buyer. Uh, and so what I like to do when I think about these is how do you read that story? How do you interpret that story? So how do you read the story? Um, I, I look at it as just a bird's eye view. So like I have a rental property in Burien. Burien as a zip code, as a city, uh, is up 19% year over year. Hmm. Well, does that mean that my house is up 19%? Well, Redfin's telling me it is. That's great for me. How do I know if that's true? Well, I would have to sell the house. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, can, yeah. uh, can I go buy something with that money? No. Uh, can I, you know, pay? You could, you could, you could leverage and borrow, though. I, I could borrow you against could lever- it. You could leverage, borrow, and buy. Sure. sure. But yeah, I'm, I'm just saying it's not, uh, it's not a piggy bank in that sense. So it, while it's great in the abstract, um, it's, it's not meaningful 
in the day to day. It's meaningful to my bottom line. Yep. I can use that asset if I go to the bank. So the, all of that stuff matters. But I'm not going to the grocery store and and buying my Trader Joe's bill on the equity in that house. Like that's not how it works. Hmm. So if I'm a seller, great. Like keep it in the, in your back pocket. So you tell me you can't go to Trader Joe's, get the special popcorn, and when it's time to pay, you can't go. Hey, I'd like put, to put le- I like to I like to leverage my house in Burien today for one hundred nineteen dollars <laughs> and twenty two cents. Yeah, it they does, don't, it they don't work, want you to do it that. It doesn't work that way. So for people, the homeowners, uh, just file it away. It, it's good for you. And just file that away and, and, until you're ready to sell. And then we can pinpoint what your house is valued at. If you're a buyer, my advice has stayed the same since we've been doing this. Widen your horizons. Everybody likes the perfect house. You're not special when you go in and you're like, this house is perfect. I want it. Everybody, everybody can do that. Uh, you're special and you're a good, in my mind, good in air quotes. You're making money as a real estate buyer, when you can go in and go, wow, this house is rough, but the bones are good. I am willing to put a little elbow grease into this. I can see where it's going to be. And that's where you can be a unicorn in a sense. You can go in and go, wow, these floors are really rough right now, but I know I can sand them. Wow, that kitchen is not great, but I know how I could fix it. Wow, that backyard is really overgrown, but I have a I know a guy with a chainsaw. When you start to think like that, mm-hmm. that's where the opportunity lies. Yep. That's where you go into a, a neighborhood that you read the Seattle Times like average price in this neighborhood in the east side 1.3 million. We go in and you buy the the rough around the edges house for 900, put 100 into it, and now you just made $300,000. Mhm. Uh, like that's that's the way I think, and then you, you use that when you go to Trader Joe's. Exactly. <laughs> it's called a power out in radio, so we're we're out. Hi, this is Therese, the new buyer specialist on the Ron and Don team. I would love to help you buy you your next home. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Last week, we were talking about the fact that a lot of us have been through COVID. I was talking to my neighbor, John. He was walking up the street, and I shared the story uh, with you in episode 284 that he said, hey, man, I'm in my 60s now. I'm not riding my bike. I'm not working out. Uh, I'm walking my dog, but I don't feel good. You know, I don't don't feel good about myself. I've gained some pounds. My hair is grayed. I've finally taken this mask off, and I don't like what I see. And you know what? I think what John was feeling... We all feel that way. I have felt that way. I think Ron has felt that way. And, 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 and the bottom line is this. At some point, as we kind of emerge from COVID, you have to kind of take, you have to be kind to yourself. Uh, but at the same time, you got to get your heart and gear. And sometimes what happens, I think this happens, especially if you're, you're a parent or you're an entrepreneur or you have a schedule that kind of slides around, uh, you know, typically when we get up every day and we go to work, there's a structure that's created for us. And what a lot of us were missing during COVID and what we craved is that structure to have that structure back. There was school gives our kids structure. If you go to school, like night school, you know, that gives you structure. Uh, if you have a, have a job, your, your job gives you structure. If you have responsibilities, let's say you have some older parents, it, it creates structure, right? It creates a timeline, things that you need to do, a to-do list. And, and COVID kind of took all that away. So as we're reemerging, I was talking a lot about time blocking 
And it made me think, in fact, I was working out, I, I was working out today and there's something I think about almost every day when Ron and I lived in new Orleans, Louisiana, uh, we worked on a, a rock station there. It was, it was uh, 107.7 The End, real similar to the end station here in Seattle. There's about 20 end stations around the country. Keller, I'm next to Alter Bridge on 107.7 The End, Ron and Don. Alter Bridge. In the morning. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, this, is, this is right before the hurricane happened, happened down there. And they were a lot of the movies that you, that you used to see being filmed here in Seattle because there were big tax breaks given to film companies. That's why Sylvester Stallone came up here, for instance, and he filled, filmed Assassins over on Sandpoint. In fact, I sold them an old red car that they, that they wrecked in that movie. It's kind of fun to watch when I go back and see it. So with that said, a lot of the tax breaks that were up in Vancouver, here in Seattle, in Washington State, they started doing that in New Orleans, and they, and they called it uh, Hollywood South. So we would see Sean Penn and Matthew McConaughey. We'd see all these artists down there. And in fact, when the storm hit, there were 17 different movies that were being produced at the time. And I can remember people calling in because we do Matthew McConaughey sightings. And if you saw Matthew McConaughey, you had to call, let us know. You'd call the radio station. I think you'd win like 100 bucks or 1000 something like that. And, and then he liked to go out and work out every day. His whole thing... Because uh, I interviewed him one time, his whole thing was it, it was it's important in his mindset that he sweats for one hour a day. It doesn't matter how he sweats, but he's going to sweat for one hour a day. And he said sometimes it's sex, sometimes it's playing frisbee, uh, sometimes it's going for a run. Sometimes it's working out. He's a dad now and loves being a dad. Sometimes he's being a dad and playing with his kids. But he makes sure that he gets his motor running for an hour to the point where you're actually sweating at least one time a day. He said in order to do that, he would have to make time in his schedule because his schedule is so busy. Uh, and at the same time, when you're sitting on a movie set, a lot of times it's not busy. And you're just sitting around and you're waiting, right? I remember watching... Uh, them film assassins and I went to drop off this car Sandpoint and I'm standing here they invited me to, to come in and watch them film this and there's a guy up there who's standing and blocking and they're setting up the cameras and the light and this guy looks exactly like Sylvester Stallone but he's not uh, it's a guy that looks like him and he has these stacked boots on the whole thing. And the actress that was playing the other actress there, they have a stand in for her. Sylvester Stallone had three trailers. So one, he'd either be working out in his trailer. He had another trailer where he just kind of lounge around. And then he had a third trailer that was his golf trailer. And he would go in there and he'd practice his golf swing. Then it w when it was time, uh, for him to perform, they would call him out of the trailer. He'd run up there, he'd do his lines, and then boom, he'd go back to one of the trailers. And I'm standing there, and I'm talking to Danny Glover, because Danny Glover and Sylvester Stallone, they're getting ready to do a movie. And Danny Glover kept telling me how great the food was. He said, you know, usually at, 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 at the food table, and this was a craft food table, he said a lot of times the food is just atrocious, but a lot of the food that was on the table, it was a Northwest cuisine. He really loved it. And we were just sitting there talking about the restaurants and how great the food was and how much he loved it. But he too was saying that when you, uh, 
when you're on a movie set. You you just have a lot of downtime. So pivoting back to Matthew McConaughey, he said you 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 have to make time for yourself for yourself at least one hour a day, and to the point where you actually break that sweat and and you're sweating. So I think about that, and I think about time blocking and being entrepreneurs. And I have four different businesses that I run, and along with those businesses, uh, there's a lot of people that are counting on me and my son is counting on me and in some areas of my life the only backstop is me I'm the backstop and so the thing that begins to slide in my life sometimes is just taking care of me getting on my bike uh jumping on my peloton uh running to the gym which I love to do doing some boxing you know with my son going for a trail run with my dog all those things and COVID especially toward the end is some of that was beginning to slide away I, I typically am about 202 pounds, somewhere in there, 202, 203. The doctor says I should be about 205. And at the end of the day, it ends up being that I am about 213 pounds right now. How about that? 213 pounds. Well, I was actually 218 pounds a couple weeks ago. When I decided, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start time blocking here because it just got away from me. So I just want to encourage you that if you're in a situation where it's kind of sl- things have kind of slid away from you, don't be hard on yourself. Be kind to yourself. Pull out your day timer or your calendar or whatever it is that you use in order to keep track of things. And each and every day, just right, because for some of us, we can't get up every day at five in the morning and work out and do our hour and be done. For a lot of us, if you have responsibilities, you just can't get up and go to the gym. You, you, you can't do that. And for some of us, we don't want to go to the gym. We're not, we're not gym people. But you know what? You think of all the people around the world that live to be age of 100 or over. Yeah, they're not going to the gym every day. You know what they're doing? They have a Mediterranean diet. Most people that are 100 age older... 100 years of age or older, and they are not on uh, an oxygen tank, right? They typically, what they're doing is they are eating a Mediterranean diet. So they're having meat maybe twice a week. Along with that, they watch their consumption of alcohol. So when it comes to alcohol, uh, they have <laughs> two glasses of wine. And I mean two glasses of wine, not two glasses of wine that are really 12 glasses of wine because we actually uh, (laughs) pull out our tumbler from the morning coffee and then we really fill that thing up. Uh, So Mediterranean diet, think about that. Also movement. Movement is really important to them. Uh, I have a bunch of TVs in my house and many of the TVs I've unplugged, disconnected. The room I'm in right now, which is our studio, and also my workout room, I have never turned the TV on. And I think it's connected and plugged in, but I just didn't want to get in the habit of coming in here and time blocking and working out and jumping on my bike and then being on a TV screen all the time. Because I can't, I come in here to get away from the screen, and yet I'm always on the screen. So with that said, think about, think about getting away from the screen, Mediterranean diet, Living a life of movement and moving. Moving is real, real important. And then also, hey, Ron, I'm doing a radio show. So along with that, what I'd like you to do is also think about, think about uh, making sure 
that you are focused, that you stay focused on yourself, doing good things for yourself. Because a lot of times we're doing good things for everybody else, and I want you to stay focused on doing good things for yourself. Hey, you guys, that's episode 285. Thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. We really appreciate it. And I want to just encourage you to hit subscribe, keep listening, and also thanks for giving us a five-star rating and sharing this show with your friends. Don't forget, we're licensed brokers at Windermere, and if you need our help, all you have to do is just reach out. Just go to ronanddonsitdown.com. That's ronanddonsitdown.com. Now you keep your head up. You keep your shoulders back, and we'll see you next time for episode 286 on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Keep your head up and your shoulders back, and we'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network.